Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Against the Current, a The Chosen podcast. As always, I am your host, Eli Hollingsworth, and we are back with another episode of The Chosen that has just released and is called Season 3, Episode 5, Clean Part 2. And as always, I would recommend that if you haven't seen this episode, this amazing episode of The Chosen yet, then I would highly recommend that you go watch it uh, because today we're going to be getting into some very nitty-gritty details and all of the spoilery things that happen in this episode. And starting with the intro scene, there's a lot of spoilery spoiler details that happen in this episode so i would definitely recommend you go watch the episode if you haven't it is a great episode i promise you will like it and uh if you don't then you get your money back because it's free so um yeah i definitely recommend go watching it before you come back and listen to my thoughts on this episode but with that said uh let's go ahead and get started with the review of the episode so we kick off with um eden going and uh giving birth and uh she has a miscarriage so uh, we kind of suspected this was going to happen a few chosen fans did i did with the help of some other fans <laughs> uh because in the trailer we can see eden is doing this kind of cleaning ritual thing in her house with all these candles and that's primarily what jewish women do when they have a uh, miscarriage to like cleanse themselves so uh we kind of suspected this was coming and this would cause some you know tension between simon and eden uh, and uh, lo and behold, it ended up happening in this episode. That's why Eden was acting the way she was last episode. So now I think everyone can kind of move on from there. Um, I know a lot of people were mad about the way both Simon and Eden were acting. I think people were thinking that uh, both of them were acting, you know, very, like, not not good. So um, a lot of people were hoping that they would change their behavior. And now it's kind of, we get more insight into why Eden is the way she is. Even in this episode, season three, episode five, she's still kind of um, mad. So, and not kind of, very mad. Um, but yeah, so we kind of kick off with Eden um, having miscarriage. So that's why she is um, mad at Simon in the next episode, which is understandable. Uh, and then we have the intro sequence, which we all love. Uh, but then after that, we have... Jairus with his daughter and she's in in very much a lot of trouble she is in a very fatal condition right now she's her heart is is stopped and she's having trouble breathing so uh they're very concerned and they think that she's just very soon going to die uh and Jairus does not want to get the mourners and stuff which is in the Jewish culture what will happen when someone dies is the family will usually hire a bunch of people to go and and start crying and like uh, dressing all black and just be very sad around the house just to show that like just to put on more attention on themselves because the, again the Jewish culture was very much a culture of shame versus dignity and honor and uh, this was like one of those like shady things that was just expected of the Jewish people was to hire these mourners to come in and just mourn the person whoever died in the family so just an interesting detail that I'm glad they uh, included as a part of the culture for people who didn't know um and uh so we get to Eden cutting apples and Simon with supplies getting ready to go and um fix the cistern with Gaius and uh he he uses his Gaius's advice and says whatever it is you're right I'm sorry and uh it doesn't seem to work on Eden um but nonetheless Simon heads up and uh John and James are still fighting about Thomas which who we haven't seen in a while by the way I just like to point that out we haven't seen Thomas Thomas or Raymond, Rayma, and um, in quite a little bit, like it's a little concerning, like what happened to them. I'd really like to know. Like, yeah, I'd really like to know what happened to them. Like, uh, where are they? Uh, but I'm sure we'll see more of them in the future. But um, so Zebedee comes and tells Thomas, or Zebedee comes and tells James and John that uh, he sold his boat for for his olive oil business. And uh, John and James are very confused about this, and he tells them about how his father fished his whole life, raised his sons. 
Uh, they were just spent their life waiting for the Messiah. Now the Messiah has finally come, and he is very much willing to give up his life of fishing because uh, waiting for the Messiah is just as much a part of his legacy as fishing was. So he is very much willing to do whatever it takes to support Jesus' ministry, and he's very thankful that Jesus picked Thomas. Or Thomas. <laughs> See, even Thomas is just entering into this conversation even more and more. Uh, but... Um, He's, he's very glad that Jesus picked James and John to um, follow him in his ministry. And he's buying an olive grove, uh, which we'll see in a, a couple of scenes. But uh, we follow Nathaniel and Thaddeus as they're getting uh, water. And uh, we kind of, which I, I appreciated this scene because, again, these are two characters that we don't see kind of as much as the rest of the group. Um, and I, I was very, I'm always very happy to get screen time with kind of the quieter ones because Nathaniel and Thaddeus are both kind of like, their personalities are more shy. Same with little James too. I would say their their personalities are just kind of more shy and secluded. Like when the whole group is is talking and arguing about things, they're kind of in the back holding their, biting their tongue and, and thinking more about what to say and just being more thoughtful. Uh, so I always appreciate scenes with these characters because uh, we don't get to see much of them, as much of them. So uh, this scene was very interesting to me and um, kind of getting to know them better. And like Nathaniel's personality, he talks about how he has strange thoughts that he doesn't say, uh, like do bats swim. And um, they're kind of talking about um, just, just, just having some lively discussion. And then he asks if Simon Z would still um, do murders and... He uh, he said he's talking about how he saw Simon with uh, Gaius, and they start to get a little concerned about Simon. But uh, not to worry, since we all know where Simon is and what he's doing. So um, then Nathaniel sees or Thaddeus sees blood, and they get concerned and follow it to Veronica's little hut that they ha- that she has set up for herself. Uh, and they start talking, and Nathaniel is very much leaning, or trying to get her to go to Jesus, and Thaddeus is a very adamant against that idea. He's really, um, like, kind of uh, against that because he doesn't want Jesus to get in any more trouble. So they're kind of conversing about that. But then Veronica realizes that he's the the one that she's been hearing about, the Messiah. So she, is, she suggests that because she is unclean, because she's bleeding, which, again, this whole theme of clean versus unclean, that whole dynamic... Uh, she says that since she's unclean, she 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 would rather just go and touch just even a part of his garment, and if he's the Messiah, or since she believes that he's the Messiah, then that will be enough to heal her. And um, again, I, I really just like these these undertones of, or not, I guess they're not really undertones; they're kind of obvious, I would say. Uh, but just kind of these themes of of clean versus unclean, and just kind of why the episode is titled "Clean." <laughs> um, so I just I just like this um, kind of whole plot. I really like um, how they kind of built up the whole Veronica touching uh, his garment, and uh, we'll we'll get into the scene where she actually does later. I guess spoiler alert, but again, you should have seen the episode. But um, I just like this this uh, scene. Uh, so Judas is walking with Mary Tamar and Zebedee through Zebedee's new olive grove that he bought. Uh, so continuing kind of this plot line of the whole olive Zebedee's olive business. Um, which is an interesting plot line, to say the least. I, I, I will have to wait and see where it's going. We still haven't gotten more of the drama between, or I guess kind of drama, between Mary and Tamar. Um, but to address that whole thing, it, 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 I think people were pretty upset about that as well. And I, I wasn't necessarily like, they're acting 
um, like they're acting not nice. So I don't like that they're acting not nice. I just think it might be, and not to say that I know the characters better than the writers do, but I don't know. I just it seemed a little bit out of character for me, and like kind of out of left field. This whole like thing between Tamar and Mary. Just I don't know. They're I don't know. We'll have to see how we're. We didn't really get any more of that plot line, so we'll have to see where that one develops. If it even is a plot line, or if it was just for the one scene. But I don't know. It just seemed kind of. It seemed like it was going to develop into something else, and I. I don't know. We'll have to see with that one. But we're, I guess the overarching plot line here in this or subplot in this part is just Zebedee's olive business, which uh, they are developing. And Judas kind of haggles with this guy, the son of the owner of the olive field or olive grove and uh, arranges for Zebedee to be trained by this guy how to grow olives uh, twice a week. So, or yeah, two, two, two days a week and uh, for 30% of the cut of Zebedee's olive business. Uh, so that's that's definitely going to be something that continues uh, throughout the whole rest of this season. And again, it's interesting to see where it goes. And I like how kind of they're just utilizing these different characters to... Uh, kind of you know yeah because zebedee zebedee's character is very um he's just very um i like i like how his his kind of character has been developed with his own plot line and arc where he's he's seen the messiah now and he's giving up everything to follow him and he's just i just like how he's he's a very happy character so it's nice to see him just kind of off and about just being happy being zebedee you know being just a lively, fun character, just off having his own thing to do, along with these other characters like Mary and Tamar and and Judas in this episode getting involved a little bit, but just these characters just often about doing things. Um, and uh, you might say that, that oh, well, it's a Bible show; it's supposed to be about the Bible, so it's not biblical. But I'm I'm just more waiting to see where this plot line goes before I judge it. So uh, we'll have to see where that one goes. But um. <clears throat> now we have we cut to Simon and Gaius who are both working on the cistern, and I just love these scenes with Simon and Gaius. Well, first of all, I just love these two actors, Kirk um, and uh, Shahar. They're both I think they're both phenomenal actors and very talented people, like they're super talented. Some of like my favorite um, actors on the show. Not that I pick favorites, but um, I just think they're both they're both super amazing. And just to see them both interacting here, they they just have a lot to sink their teeth into as actors in these scenes. And it's just really really cool to see them just interacting and and their their way those scenes are written and just all these different little details pointed out. It's just so great to see Simon and guys kind of um just going back and forth in their banter and 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 just yeah again Kirk and Shahar are both in my opinion they're super talented, super amazing people. So just to see them both together in these scenes, these are some of my favorite scenes in the episode. Um, obviously, there's some pretty big scenes in this episode that are also very cool, but it's just these smaller, smaller in the sense of how big the episode gets. But uh, these kind of smaller scenes with Simon and guys, I really enjoy. I really like them. I think they're very cool. Um, so they get kind of uh, part of the cistern done, and um, they uh, touch, and Simon points out how how that's against. So Simon is very much still willing to follow. The Jewish uh, practices, which I mean, it would make no sense for him not to be. I mean, it would. I would see it in his character to not follow, but uh, he still is very faithful to the Jewish practices, and uh, they kind of debate Jewish teachings and Jewish rules versus Roman rules. And I just, again, I love these scenes, and they uh, and uh, they they both like like kind of like um, they d- toast their water, and and Simon thanks God before he drinks his water. 
And then uh, Simon mentions to guys that his advice didn't quite work, and guys is to him start talking more about how uh, he's like, you gotta find out what you did, and you're not you're not being sincere and all this stuff, and just great uh, communicator, just great banter there as well. And um, he Simon asks if guys has kids, and um, this is where we kind of get okay. So now we have this scene is very interesting because we get this new piece of information about Gaius, to where he says that he has. A son and a servant because the they had a woman who was working for them who died in labor after she gave birth, and so now they have to keep the son with them. So um, this is this is very much I am I am convinced now, I am ninety nine percent sure that Gaius is the centurion who Jesus heals the son of. It's going to be Gaius. I think it is going to be Gaius. I mean it, at this point now we know he has a son, so it is. A possibility for him to be, and it just makes too much sense, especially now after the guy is talking to Simon so much. I think it's very much, pretty much, almost rock solid at this point that guys is going to be the centurion. Um, but you know what? It you never know. It could just be the writers. They, the writers wouldn't lead us on this this way if they weren't like it, it's pretty obvious at this point. I think guys is going to be the centurion, but. Um, uh, Gaius, and Gaius and Simon kind of joke about, you know, Gaius' son. But I think the main point of this scene was to kind of get across that information that uh, is pointing more towards who we all think Gaius is going to end up being. Uh, but uh, Yusuf comes to Jairus, and uh, Jairus is just like in a frenzy because of his daughter, you know, obviously being on the verge of death. Um, and uh, Simon, or uh, not Simon, uh, Yusuf, or not Yusuf either. I'm trying again, third time's a charm. Uh, Jairus just Jairus just wants to uh, find Jesus and he's just like asking Yusuf if he knows where Jesus is. So they come to Andrew's house, which Judas is in uh, and they're looking for Andrew, but Judas is there and uh, Judas kind of says that if they, if you they want to find Jesus and they should talk to Simon and uh, they, they really demand Judas. So this, so this is an interesting scene as well because we kind of get to more know of Judas's personality like he really, this is this is an interesting scene to me because you know, Jairus is really pleading for Judas's help, and the, like the point of the scene, I was con- like when it first happened, I didn't know exactly what the point of the scene was, but it really goes to show, like think about if any of the other disciples had been there and they went to them and asked them, they would probably have conceded and taken them to Jesus, but we're seeing a little bit more of how Judas is. Maybe not as as soft-hearted as some of the other disciples. He really is just, he doesn't really bat an eye at this situation where his, his this guy's daughter is dying and he just, he doesn't want them to see, he doesn't let them see Jesus. So I think that was just a very interesting scene. Um, and uh, then Simon Z comes to Mary and Tamar and tells them that Jesus is back. So then they go to rush up to see Jesus. And Jesus makes a joke about how he says, time to end my fasting uh, of eight hours because I was sleeping. Uh, and so they pray and they eat pickled cucumbers, which uh, is an interesting choice of food, just saying. But uh, that's what they're eating. And uh, f- then they get into this whole discussion about fasting because Jesus made the fasting joke. Uh, and Jesus kind of gives them this lesson of, of these wineskins. He has uh, little James get a wineskin, an old wineskin that can't stretch as well. So it's old and it's, and it's not, you can't put the new one into the old wineskin because it's, it's, you need to put fresh wine in a fresh wineskin in order for it to, you know, expand and, and properly, you know, be able to be drunken and drinking. Um, 
So he's kind of illustrating how his new practices are not going to work. His new kingdom is not going to work in these old practices, and it's not going to conform to these old ways of of um, the Jewish teaching. And uh, then Jairus and Yusuf sees Simon Z tomorrow and Mary running into uh, Simon's house. And uh, then Jairus comes to Jesus, and uh, we kind of get the scene. Uh, really, a really nice scene where we're we're starting to get more of an interaction between both Jesus and Yusuf, because you can see kind of the conflicting the conflicting values of Yusuf here, where he he really is probably starting to believe in Jesus, and um, he's just still focused on his uh, Pharisee lifestyle. And uh, he's he's really you can see that uh, how he's really being conflicted here. I, and I don't exactly I, I can't believe I don't know the actor's name of Yusuf, but he does a really good job of portraying kind of the emotion here in the in the battle that's going on within Yusuf here, because uh, he's really really starting to believe, especially here as as Jairus comes and Jesus agrees to go heal his daughter, um, and he uh, talks about how Jairus has the faith that even. He didn't, didn't even know Jesus, and that he he still is, is wanting him to heal his daughter, and he believes that he can. So, uh, and just we get kind of this undercurrent of Eden, you know, throughout all these scenes where Jesus is going to heal, you know, obviously someone's child who has died, uh, and Eden's kind of looking at this and and um, obviously reminiscing about what we saw in uh, the intro. And, you know, this episode, you can kind of say that Eden is kind of the main character of this episode. You know, it's mostly about her, um, and these events are happening, but it's we're usually seeing her response to these events in light of what we saw in the first couple of minutes of the episode. Um, but yeah, we, get, we cut back to Simon talking to Gaius, and um, he kind of asks about the Roman religion, and we saw this scene come out, uh, you know, before the episode. It's just like a little sneak peek, but this is the scene where Simon is asking guys about all his Roman gods, and they're just debating their different religions, which, again, I love these scenes. They're just so well-written. I think this is really where The Chosen shines. Uh, some of the best scenes, and don't get me wrong, the other scenes like the miracles and the and the, all this other stuff, like scenes later in the episode, obviously. Uh, are still very awesome as well, but I think really the chosen shines in these smaller scenes where it's just like you got two characters, well-established personalities, probably pretty different from one another. Like uh, it doesn't really seem like they get along, and just these two characters just interacting and just like you just have these scenes where they're talking about meaningful stuff, but it's just two characters having a conversation, and it just really is. Um, they're just just talking, and it's just it's just it's entertaining it's amusing it's funny but it's also you know you're learning more about the characters and about their beliefs and their and their like moral systems and they're just it's just two characters having a conversation it's just so fun to watch and i think these are really some of the best scenes in the show it's just especially these ones with gaius uh and simon you know where it's shahar and kirk and they're both like just great actors just sinking their teeth into this this great writing and i it's very well done i love these scenes they're just some of my favorite scenes as i've said before um <laughs> they're just they're just so fun um and so yeah the guys is kind of talking about all these different roman gods that they that they're um you know that the, all the romans you know sacrifice to different things they want uh and then uh, they see barnaby or barnaby barnabas i can never remember someone will let me know and then i'll feel bad but it, the barna blank 
he's he's walking in the, the he kind of mentions that Jesus is about to do a healing. So all these people are flocking to Jesus, and this is kind of where we get the build up to a a very impactful scene. Uh, so all these people are crowding Jesus. They're all flooding to him. And just a little plot point, or a little, not plot point, but little detail is little James falls down in the crowd, which we saw in the trailer, a little sneak peek for season three, episode five. And I was a little bit worried that it was going to be a little bit bigger of a plot point, like maybe what if what something happens to him. Um, but it's okay. He's he's fine. He, he gets right back up, which, thank goodness, I wasn't going to be able to handle that much drama on top of all the rest. But... Um, then Nathaniel and Thaddeus come with Veronica, and she sees Jesus, and Simon, Z- Simon the Zealot spots another Zealot in the crowd as well. So there's a lot of different stuff going on here. Again, I wouldn't be able to probably take the scene if little James also was in more danger or in more harm than he was. Just He got right back up, thank the writers, because uh, that would have been a lot to handle. <laughs> um, but Simon Z spots another Zealot in the crowd, just kind of reminding us of that plot line that's still happening. Like, Simon Z is still being hunted by the zealots. <laughs> um, but uh, Veronica is, like, calling for Jesus, and she starts bleeding. And uh, the same, of course, she just happens to run into the same guy from the end of last episode. And, of course, he just has to be that guy. And he's he's just he's a little tattletale. Like, you're a phone-grown man. Why are you still tattling? But it's just the culture, I guess. Um uh, so she, uh, she, she really starts pushing through the crowd, and she just, just pushes through and just goes right up and touches Jesus, and, um, uh, then he just stops, and he, uh, she's healed, and he, and he says, you know, who touched me, and, uh, then, uh, they kind of, he, uh, he calls her his daughter, and has this really touching scene where he, he's, you know, talking to her about her faith, and, uh, Yusuf's like, we can take her to the, to the place and he's like she's clean now um he tells her that it's her faith that healed her and she is clean and he says that you have blessed me today and also i'd like to point out so for this entire scene i was getting a little bit like watching it i was i was very much reminded of uh of the uh the world premiere of season three episodes one and two you know uh after the episodes were over you know all these chosen fans were just kind of in uh the lobby and you know whenever an actor would come on all these people would just start flocking and crowding to them and dallas and amanda especially like they're just getting like it was like a mob it was very like intense uh so i just when i was watching this episode i was like wow that is very similar to the premiere and it's the same people which is crazy you know it's like it's like jonathan actually like jesus is getting crowded by all these people it's like jonathan was getting crowded by all these people it's pretty <laughs> pretty funny actually i was like hmm that very much resembles the premiere uh, but uh, that's just a little side tangent. But um, then uh, he Jesus promises that he will speak to everyone, which again is kind of like Jonathan's like, I'll get to everyone eventually. Um, please calm down. <laughs> it's just like it's just very similar. It's very funny to me the parallel there. I was like, hmm, that reminds me of the premiere. But yeah, okay, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. It's just funny to me. Um, and then he, he tells Simon Z to help everyone back to their tents, which I, I was a little nervous when he said that because I was like, is he just going to be left alone to be ambushed by the zealots? Um, but uh, Nat, Nathaniel and Thaddeus go to make sure no one bothers the pilgrims as Simon Z helps them back to their tents. And then Big James, Simon, and John go with Jesus and Jairus to um, help Jairus' daughter Neely. And uh, Mary, Tamar, and Philip then tend to Veronica, and um, 
Jesus mentions between you and uh, Veronica is a big day of faith today, uh, which I thought was a funny line. And then uh, we get the revelation that Jairus' daughter has passed away. And he starts flipping out. And then uh, he just says to Jairus, all will be well. And this other Pharisee is there. We, I don't think we've got a name for this Pharisee yet, but this guy is a real problem, okay? Like, he needs to kind of chill. Um, but he he's kind of like very much against Jesus. And he's like, he, I know who you are. You need to leave. Uh, so Jesus comes in and he tells the mourners to stop mourning these people who are just paid off to mourn. And he, I think the guy mentions it even as he's getting pushed away too. He's like, he's like, we were paid to – like it's just – yeah, that was like – it was like the thing. It was like you're not supposed to like – technically not too many people know about it. But it's like everyone does it. Like it's like expected. When someone dies in your family, you got to hire all the mourners to come. So um, Jesus turns all the mourners away. And he's he's like, she's not dead. She's just sleeping, which is the classic – in my mind, classic, because I would hear it all the time. Um, but the classic line, you know, she's just sleeping. And, uh, the Pharisee, <clears throat> the Pharisee is very upset at this point. Uh, but he goes up to Neely. And uh, so the wife was mad that Jairus was gone, which, again, is one of those things that you don't necessarily think about. But um, she was very mad at Jairus that he was not there. Um, but Jairus has the solution, as we all know. Uh, so Jesus kneels down and he looks up. As he, like, kneels down beside Neely... And lifts up the blanket. He um he looks up to heaven beforehand, which again I love it. You know, whenever Jesus is about to do a miracle or he does something cool, like he always just looks up. Just a nice little detail. Um, and he um, this scene was is just fantastic. The whole crowd scene and Veronica healing also like these two scenes are super just amazing. It's like a one two punch in this episode. Like it's definitely it's like one of my favorite episodes just because it's just so. So emotional, so impactful, so awesome. Just these, just one two punch. Super cool scenes, super, super awesome scenes. Just, just back to back. It's crazy. It's like, wow. It's really a payoff. Like it's, it's very satisfying. It definitely makes up for the kind of tension and um, uncertainty that we were left with at the end of the last episode. But uh, he whispers in her ear. He says, "Little lamb, arise!" And uh, she wakes up, and everyone's super happy and. And Jesus says, everyone in this room, listen carefully. None of you are to say a word about this to anyone under any circumstances. It's not yet time for that commotion that will result, and none of it will be good. Uh, and then he, he, keeps, <coughs> sorry. Uh, he keeps mentioning that Neely must be very hungry. Um, and uh, Jairus says, uh, thank you for your faith. Or Jairus says, thank you. And then Jesus says, thank you for your faith. And he says, I pray more in the synagogue. We'll share it. Uh, and so Veronica cuts her, like, all of her clothes off. We cut Veronica doing that. And uh, she burns her clothes. And uh, then she comes to the water and washes in it. Um, and uh, she finally is able to wash herself and become clean and then re-enter society after this. And we'll have to see where that goes. Um, but Jesus comes out to the uh, Mr. Mr. Pharisee, who's not nice, uh, and Yusuf, who who um, was, he told the Pharisee about everything that happened. And uh, so Yusuf, and Jesus is, even while he's having this conversation and this Pharisee's mad at him, he's still looking over at Yusuf and you can, you can see the kind of conflict there in Yusuf. Um, but uh, he tells Jesus and the disciples to go wash up and become clean because uh, they, they've been unclean because they touched a woman who was bleeding and they touched a dead corpse and they just need to go wash up. And uh, so they come to the water and uh, they go to swim. They they go to swim, not to to wash up necessarily. So they uh, 
And this scene, very cool. The music is awesome. And I'm pretty sure we're rewinding back to when Veronica kind of cut her cloth off and stuff. I'm pretty sure I heard some of the little themes, uh, music cues that we hear in The Shepherd. A little bit of a reference to that, maybe. Not not exactly, obviously, but some of similar music cues. Uh, and in this scene where all the disciples are playing in the water, and they have like that a first century chicken fight, which I didn't think was ever going to happen, but did. Uh, <laughs> like Jesus and the disciples having a chicken fight. And the music is really cool. And uh, something interesting to point out here is Jesus and Judas uh, share a hug for a few seconds. It's a pretty lengthy hug. Um, but uh, yeah, they're all just playing and having fun, and it's super cool. The music is getting awesome in this scene. I love the music. Um, and, uh, and we see, we cut to Eden as she kind of watches all of this unfold. And Eden and Simon, their conflict was not resolved this episode. So that's something to be left for next episode, I guess. That's going to be interesting to see what happens, um, with their relationship. So, uh, that's also a bit of an uncertainty. I mean, that was the main plot line that was left hanging last episode. And now it is still left hanging. Like it hasn't, hasn't been resolved yet. It's still ongoing. So, I'm guessing this this whole tension might even go on now that it if it, that since it wasn't resolved this episode, I'm guessing it's just gonna go on until the season finale. Like it's I I don't um, think it's gonna get resolved anytime soon now that we that it wasn't resolved here. But super good episode. I loved it so much, and I hope you did do. And if you did, then be sure to let me know. If you're listening on Spotify, you can kind of answer the Q and A and like type in what your thoughts on the episode were. Make sure you do that. And um, please listen to more episodes if you want to hear my thoughts on all the other episodes of the shows in Season 3 and Seasons 1 and 2. And uh, remember to join me next week where I'll be doing my review of Season 3, Episode 6, which we don't know the title of yet. But uh, be sure to join me then. And uh, follow the podcast. Listen uh, whatever you listening service you're listening on. Oh, yes. One more thing before I go. I just wanted to let everybody know that now um, in the description is a link to where you can become a supporter of the podcast and what that means is you can give i think it's one dollar five dollars or ten dollars every month and that will just greatly help me out so if you really feel like giving that extra step it's kind of like paying it forward for the chosen it just it just really helps me and it would support me and i'd give you a shout out too if you did so um with that said i will see you guys next week Bye bye